Hey all, welcome to the Military Wire with Mike Schindler. This is the podcast where we interview America's most elite men and women who have served this country. We share their stories of overcoming, their proven lessons in leadership, and their journey to finding mission and purpose. And today's episode is a little different. Uh, I had the team and a few people request, uh, put in a special request about, can you please share with us how all of this started? How did you start Operation Military Family? How did you actually get into this field? And how did you get these great guests on your show? And and just tell us the backstory. And so I thought I'd just kind of take a moment and pause uh, and tell you the backstory of how this kind of all started. And, and I think it really starts with you guys understanding that I was like every other teenage boy out there, uh, not even really sure what I wanted to do. I mean, have you ever looked in the mirror and thought, and here I was as a teenage boy, I clearly remember, uh, I remember this, I'm thinking, you know, I'm getting ready to graduate high school. And I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm thinking, man, what am I going to do? I have no idea what I'm going to do, or or who I'm going to be. And, you know, that it's 1986. And and uh, I'm just a couple years out from graduating, trying to figure out, gosh, what are my next steps? What what am I going to do? And I remember uh, seeing an advertisement on TV. There was this uh, movie that was coming out, and and the critics had kind of panned it. Uh, that was back in the day where, you know, you'd read the newspaper, you'd see that show, and I can't remember the name of the show, but uh, they, they didn't give it very high remarks. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to go buy this ticket. So I go to the theater and I... Uh, you know, buy my ticket. I'm sitting in this theater uh, with my little brother, and uh, it comes on, and the the movie is exceptional. To this day, it's one of it is one of my favorite movies, absolute favorite movie. And it was that absolute movie. It was that movie that changed my life uh, forever. Uh, and not even realizing it at the moment, but I will tell you, the critics had not planned very well because what they didn't plan on was Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, and Cool Jets and the chemistry that that movie created, which is Top Gun, which for the use, for you guys that don't know, uh, Top Gun is still to this day, being 2019, the number one recruiting film out there for the United, uh, the United States Navy and really for all the, the branches. Um, but I sat there and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I marched down to, uh, to the recruiter's office and there's this guy in a shiny, just pressed uniform, white uniform. And I watch, you know, I walk in and no lie to this. I, uh, I, I look at him and I say, you need to understand something. I am Tom Cruise. Uh, I will be dating Kelly McGillis and I'll be fl- flying your cool jets. And this guy got a big smile on his face and he's like, come with me. And sure enough, um, I did one out of those three things, which is I joined the Navy. I never flew cool jets. I didn't take Kelly McGillis. Uh, but w- that movie is essentially what changed my life. And I learned a couple things through that. Number one is how life was going to throw me challenges. Like I went to fly cool jets and I didn't. I got into a different program. Uh, but number two, critics aren't always right. Right. I mean, they're just they're, they're not right. And I'm so glad I didn't listen to the critics because that's what got me on this journey was seeing that movie how many years ago. So, you know, and now today, if I look at it today, you know, author two books, National Awards run this major nonprofit. Um, but it, 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 it wasn't I mean, it wasn't always, you know, 
it was a journey getting here, I guess is my point. Uh, when I got out of the service, um, you know, I believed, you know, I, I was like America's greatest asset. I had this training. I had done something that like 93% of Americans had not. And uh, I got out and I had this thinking of, you know, thinking through this, this mission and purpose lens. And I was super proud of my service. Um, and when I got out, I quickly learned that those who were hiring um, were not really aware of what my service meant. I mean, certainly anything that you experience in life, you, uh, you have a personal connection to it. And it means more to you than, than it does to somebody who's never experienced it, obviously. But so I am, I'm in college and again thinking, geez, what am I going to do? I'd met my wife in college uh, and we were thinking, man, what are we going to do? Uh, again, I was in the same spot I was after the Navy. I was like, I still, so now I had all this education, but uh, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I had this degree in English, uh, minor in history. I thought I wanted to be a lawyer. Uh, interviewed with some folks uh, at different law schools and realized that's not what I wanted to do at all. Um, so I said, great, you know what? The only thing I know to do is to pursue mission and purpose. I mean, that's where I felt the greatest satisfaction. So I went, you know, I went into the job market looking for something that uh, would give me mission and purpose. And uh, right away, I started chasing money because I thought really money for me would solve everything. I mean, if you have money, you can do amazing things, right? I mean, that'll solve the mission and purpose hunt. And so I went on this journey to find mission and purpose. And 14 jobs later, <laughs> I still had not found mission and purpose. And I was totally, totally frustrated. Um, you know, jumping from job to job, my wife, you know, so supportive, um, but thinking, geez, what did I do? Um, certainly my mom thinking I needed therapy. Um, you know, are you ever going to find what you're looking for? And it's a great question. I didn't know if I would ever find what I was looking for. Um, and I'm sure not only was it frustrating for me, but just think about all these uh, hiring managers that would go to hire me thinking, man, this guy's going to take us to the top and me getting in there going, man, I can't even discover, I can't even find what this mission and purpose is about. I just feel like I'm chasing money or I'm, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't just want to, you know, punch a clock. That was not me. That was not my mindset. Um, and I would tell you, it wasn't until um, my buddy in 2006 uh, set us around. We, we were down there, uh, Thanksgiving table, walk, you know, walked into his house and uh, he and his wife, big spread, big turkey dinner. And I remember Brian saying, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm leaving for Afghanistan. And if you guys remember that period of time, you know, when we went into Iraq uh, and Afghanistan, it was not a pretty time. Like 2004 in Iraq was not not pretty at all. 2004 or 5, 6. 2006 uh, was not a pretty time in, in Afghanistan. And, and my buddy's getting ready to go. And I'm having these mixed emotions. Like, man, I'm sitting on the sidelines. I should be going. Uh, I, I need to be doing more for my country. You know, all I'm doing is collecting a paycheck. And he's getting ready to go, and he's going to go make a difference. And I, I knew he would. And so he goes, and I, I immediately thought, man, I got to do something more. And at the time, I was uh, part of a startup. I was, uh, you know, growing this company uh, in this startup. And I thought, you know, I'm going to write a keepsake. I'm going to write this memoir that uh, is going to preserve his life in the event that anything happens. Well, that kind of memoir turned into this book that we ended up interviewing a number of couples across the country 
and just really accumulating um, their experience through the four different stages of a deployment um, and reintegration. And it was life-changing. That, again, was life-changing. So, you know, it started with this movie and this desire to just, you know, be a part of something bigger than me. Uh, and then, you know, I got out of the service and I was chasing, you know, trying to find mission and purpose again. And, and then this book. So I poured my heart and soul into this book. And I, if anybody's ever written a book, you know that it's not the easiest process. And so we interviewed uh, these couples across the country. We boiled their stories down. That book came out, Operation Military Family. And titled uh, Operation Military Family, How Military Couples Are Fighting to Preserve Their Marriages. And General Tommy Franks endorsed the book. A number of other folks endorsed the book. And then um, it spread. The book sold. I, I was I, I was amazed. Uh, it kind of took off. And I started doing pre and post deployment workshops across uh, the United States. And that uh, suddenly I felt like I was back on mission again. Um, still had my corporate job. Still, you know, trying to figure out how to how to make money, you know, is money going to bring me happiness? This here I was giving back. I was like, okay, I am going to I'm going to help these couples navigate to a better, stronger, better marriage, uh, which my wife thought was funny because, you know, we haven't got it all worked out in our relationship either. So I'm like one page ahead of people in the relationship business. Uh, so I'm touring the country. We're doing you know, I'm doing these pre and post deployment workshops. And I'm just not seeing the result, though, meaning, you know, divorce rates are still high. Couples are still struggling. Uh, and then I met um, I met a dear friend of mine, uh, this guy, Jim. Um, and this it's so funny how I met Jim. So my buddy Buzz, who's like six foot five, he uh, said, hey, I need you to meet this guy because I think the things that you're doing, we can capitalize on that. We can make a difference in, in the in the veteran space. And because you want to go in the technology field, which is a little bit of my background, he said, I think this guy might be great. So we, I've got $14 in my pocket. No kidding. $14 in my pocket. Buzz is 20. He says, you know, you cover lunch, I'll cover parking. And we're in the Seattle area. And so parking gets you like, uh, you know, 20 bucks gets you like 30 minutes in, in Seattle. I'm like, man, this is going to be a quick meeting. So we stop at this uh, Dick's Burgers uh, in Seattle. Uh, by the university and we pull up and you know the place is always packed we're standing there in line and I look at Buzz and I'm I'm like Buzz I've got $14 so we got to be sure that you know whatever we order falls in you know falls within that $14 and he's like yeah yeah no big deal so we get up the line and and Buzz just orders the menu like you know the milkshakes the the, the, the hamburgers the cheeseburgers like two two I it felt like two of everything it probably wasn't but that's what it felt like. So I get up there and I'm like, man, I think I'll just have like a hamburger, no bun. Uh, and the gal comes back. She's like, it's 17 bucks. And I've got $14 in my pocket. And you know what I didn't tell you guys is while I was doing this, while I was trying to grow this nonprofit and still in the startup field and, you know, you know, we had just gone through the big financial crash uh, in 2008 and nine. And so my book came out. And so I was getting speaking engagements across the U.S., but while I was speaking and I get paid to do that, I would have to go clean toilets on the side while I'm trying to create this nonprofit and impact military families. And it's just crazy. I mean, my wife is believing in me, but I am beginning to doubt myself. Like, is this thing ever going to take off? So the gal comes back and says, $17 for these, these burgers and milkshakes. And I'm like, man, you got to put some of this stuff back. And she looks at me and says, don't worry about it. I got you covered. 
And I'm like, seriously? And she's like, I got you covered. Don't worry about it. So I take all this stuff back. I look at Buzz. I'm like, dude, we just got $17 of food for $14. And he goes, remember that in your life. Never forget the favor that happens in your life. And that was a life lesson for me. Like, how do I remember the favor uh, in my life? And so we go into Seattle and, and uh, I meet this guy, Jim, and I start describing what I want to do, how I want to take technology and I want to grow it uh, so that it, you know, it improves the transition process so our guys get back on mission and purpose. And so it carries the data from Department of Defense over to VA, which is all, you know, gobbledygook to some of you guys. But it's really, it's really how do we make this a seamless transition for people that are getting out of the service so they land on their feet and can continue to make impact instead of starting over after their service. Because again, if you remember, I went through 14 jobs trying to figure out mission and purpose. And so Jim's like, I'm in. And that $14 in a matter of two and a half years became $2.3 million. And we were making some difference. We were making some impact. Now, you know, to shorten that story a little bit, that, that $2.3 million went away and that company crashed. And I had to start over again. Uh, but we had the nonprofit in place and we were growing that we were doing programs. We were providing uh, services to companies. Uh, so we weren't destitute, uh, by any stretch, but we weren't where we were and we had to start over again. And was like, ah, giving birth again, at least. It, and I don't want to take away from women and my wife and I have two daughters and I, I, I don't even want to compare business setbacks or failures to giving birth, but it was, it was a struggle. I will just say it was a struggle for me. And so, uh, you know, we're growing this. It's about 2014, 2000, yeah, 2014, 2015, 2015. And we're winding down, uh, the for-profit side of one of our companies and I'm ramping up the, the, um, you know, the nonprofit side in a big way. And, I'm sitting down with one of my friends, uh, Navy retired Captain uh, Steve, and uh, who had he had captained warships uh, 25 years in in, in the Navy, uh, and before he got out, he was like this liaison between his uh, reservists and major companies seeking to hire veterans, and so he had this this network of of individuals uh, throughout the uh, greater Seattle area that knew him and knew his talents and his skills and his his abilities and. So when he retired, he went to some of these guys. And what was interesting is, you know, CEOs don't hire individuals, right? They HR hires individuals. So he would get in front of some of these young HR managers and uh, they would be like, you know, I'm sorry, sir, you don't have the right uh, hard skills or we're concerned about your soft skills. Or uh, I remember one story told me that he said, you know, one company told him he wasn't qualified to captain ships. You know, and I, I'm like looking at him like, are you kidding me? So I'm like, do people not understand the value that we bring to the marketplace? And that's how the second book came about, U.S. Veterans in the Workforce, Why the 7% um, are America's Greatest Asset. I wanted to interview uh, veterans across the spectrum who had different experiences in their life, who had overcome something traumatic to go on to do something big. And that's that book. Is It, it describes challenges that these individuals faced overcame, dealt with, and went on to make great impact. And, and, and so we put that book together and that book has done great. And that opened the door into companies and universities. And so we started doing these train trainings about the value of veterans and overcoming veteran myths and 
and uh, make an impact there. And, you know, I think that book has helped, uh, you know, it's moved the needle in that regard as far as, you know, changing the narrative. And I realized that's really what I wanted to do was change the narrative around our veterans, that not all veterans are broken, that we are, in fact, America's greatest asset, that we have skills, training, and ability that we can bring to any marketplace. And that's good. And then what I realized is companies love hiring vets, but they're hesitant. And it hit me that they're hesitant because they're still doing the same things I did like 20 years ago, which was 14 jobs later. Not only was I frustrated, but I could only believe that these hiring managers are frustrated too. Because if you look at the data, you know, a majority of employers today report that, you know, veterans either perform better or much better than their non-veteran counterparts. So it's not that they don't recognize the talent in veterans, but veterans are still leaving. They are like I was decades ago, like 44% of veterans today still leave their job within the first year. And 80% of them leave that same job in the second year. And so that frustration, uh, that desire of seeking who am I after the uniform comes off and companies identifying who the best fit veteran is, is still broken. And so I was talking to my team about this very issue. And that's when we had this epiphany. It was, you know, what if we could help HR kind of tap into the minds of our veterans and teach them, uh, teach those HR individuals, how to identify that best fit veteran the first time? Because if we could do that, what the study shows is when you get a best fit veteran inside your company, they stay two and a half years longer and they're far more productive, which is which improves morale and profits. And so I'm like, hey, that's what we're going to do. That's why we developed, you know, um, effective uh, hiring, uh, effective veteran hiring hacks. This program that really just helps HR get into the minds of veterans, you know, deals with the mindset, the mess, uh, how to message, how to outreach, how to re recruit and retain but we had missed a piece of it. And that was, how do we help our veterans identify who they are after that uniform comes off? And that's why we developed this discovering your, your uh, post-service identity, you know, prepare, plan, execute on your best year ever after transition. And it goes deep on helping these individuals identify who they are, because it took me 14 jobs in a number of years to figure it out. And we cracked the code. We figured out what were the steps we took that I took to get there so that people don't have to experience that, that again. And, and that's, that's essentially the story of how this all started. I mean, it started with the movie, if you can think about that, avoiding listening to critics, because had I listened to the critics, I never would have gone to that movie. I probably never would have been excited about joining the Navy. Uh, and here we are today, you know, impacting thousands of lives, uh, not only from a company standpoint, but from an individual standpoint. Um, in helping people get back on mission and purpose and getting them connected to the right companies at the right time uh, so that they make a uh, great impact. And so I, I guess I want to leave you guys with saying, you know, that program that we do for HR is certainly making uh, heroes out of HR managers, you know, hiring managers, but it's certainly also helping our individuals or those who serve this country identify who they are after service and getting them back on mission and purpose because they will go out into the communities and make a difference in, in people's lives that I will never, ever touch. And that's really what I wanted to do. And so for you guys to listen to the podcast, support OMF, for you guys to take advantage of some of the programs, whether you're human resources or whether you're a veteran or a spouse or a military family, um, it's our honor to serve you. 
because we want to see this country remain strong. And guys, so I, you know, it's a little different from most of the podcasts we ever do on this show. I'm always interviewing other talent. People want to know, how did you get here? How did you get these, you know, these folks to come on your show? And I, I get them to come on the show simply because we tell their story. And we want people to learn from other people's stories so that you, as the listener, can go out and and be who you were designed to be, be your best self, and take these these bits of information and go impact the world, your world, whatever that looks like. So guys, grateful for each and every one of you that ever listens to this show. Grateful that uh, those of you who do listen to this show pursue your dream and you do it with excellence and know that uh, we will always be here to continue to serve you. Guys, continue to, to impact the world. Grateful for you.